johnsyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. We are back for another edition of Sports Insider Radio. Big media morning for you, Mike. Costi, so talk to me, Mikhail. Mikhail, tell me, what were you doing this morning? So I do the morning show a couple days a week on pick dogs a lot. And, you know, it's we break down games. We give our opinions. Doesn't mean it's the games that we bet um, and give out to the clients. It's we, we break down every single NBA game from an opinion standpoint and who we like. Some of the games I don't like, but I'll still give an opinion or a lean. And, um, you know, it's it's current events. We try to hit the board and and do it with some comedy. And, um, you know, why do people watch ESPN? They watch it for the comedy and for the knowledge. And that's what the morning show is as well. It's for the comedy and the knowledge. Beautiful. So tell me, give me a joke. Um, so I got yeah. you there. You couldn't just can't do comedy. Yeah, on recall. It, they're all uh, it, so you want to you want to hear it funny for all the listeners out there that are our existing listeners. I do free selections every day at pickdogs.com on their YouTube channel. You know, it's the number one YouTube channel in the world when it comes to sports wagering. I think what did he, uh, Mitch just surpass one million views or something like that? One hundred million. One hundred. One million. million. Can you, can you imagine 100 million people looking at my ugly ass? Oof. So, here's the thing. I did a video last night. I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm going to I'm going to you I know you don't watch my videos, I don't blame you because you know, you're you 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 work with me on a daily basis. What I basically said on the videos were, you know, when you go online and you buy selections online from any handicapper, subscriber, any business model, you know, you have an expiration date and the service auto, you know, auto ends. In my world, I work on the rule of thumb of your word is your bond. So for all you listeners out there, we throw you on Telegram. Guys slip through the cracks. I'm not in the business of invoicing, bill collecting. Like I said on the radio show, like on the YouTube video this morning, I said, you know, you want to be in a situation where the client wants the product. You don't want to have to sell the product. My attitude is if I have to be a quote unquote salesman selling this product, then I'm in the wrong business. The reality is, if you wager on your own, you're going to lose, period, end of story, you're going to lose. If you follow a system, you're going to have losing days, you're going to have losing weeks, you're going to have losing months, but you're going to win. 
So, you know, I've, I've, we, we at the beginning of new months lose what what is about 20% of our clientele from the prior month on subscriptions because the guys blow themselves up, don't follow advice, aren't patient, and they're always in a rush. I mean, I, the texts that I, the texts that I get are just outrageous. Now I'm doing a little venting because, you know, what happens is, with the legalized wagering where you're putting your money up, it's fine. You have your money in your account, like a stock trading account, and you're good. You, there's no, you don't owe anybody any money. But what happens is that that whole concept of the week when you're dealing with a man on credit is just such phony baloney where clients are texting me, man, it's the end of my week. What do you got? We had a hard, I think we got destroyed on Sunday. Eh, we had a great winning week. I made money last week. Not a bad Sunday, but everybody finds a way to blow themselves up. So I wanted to, before we get into breaking down NFL games, why is it that you think, I know the, I'll give you my answer before you answer, that most people throw money management out the window on Sunday and lose their mind. My, my, my answer is that most people think they have an opinion in the NFL and they're not going to know anything about obscure college basketball games like High Point last night that I released but they're going to know, they think they know something about the NFL. And then, so you get the war stories Sunday evening, Monday evening, this guy blew himself up. I should have listened to you. I should have listened to you. I should have. So what's your reasoning? I mean, because again, one losing day of a seven day period, it happens to be the NFL. These guys find a way to lose exponentially much more money than the winning days that they win because they choose to throw the system out the window on Sunday and get crazy. Got it. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's a, it's a tough question because you would think Saturday, Sundays, Monday, they're all the same, but I think it's because most people don't work that they have more time to blow themselves up versus a weekday. Usually the games, if it's not college basketball, obviously, but um, usually the games are at night. So you don't have that full day to blow yourselves up and the way that Sunday is structured is everything is at one o'clock. So as soon as your bets tally and they grade after the, the early slot in the NFL, you now have a complete reload for the second slot, which is the afternoon games. And then as soon as those games end, now you have a night game left. So now you're either chasing the losses from the entire day and you're trying to get everything back on that Sunday night game where you might not even have a strong opinion on it, but you have to, you feel that you have to get it all back. And that's a very, very slippery slope. Nobody will ever be successful. The guys that are, it's just short term and it's strictly luck. And there's no strategy to it. You just got lucky and you hit a one off. It's no different than if you're down. 5,000 at the casino and you walk up to the blackjack table in the high limit where you put 5,000 on one hand. It's you're risking with no logic, a high percentage of your overall bankroll in one game and long-term impossible. You'll never win, but short-term it could work. Not saying it can't, but if you're trying to trade sports and not bet on them, I mean, this is the way out. I mean, you know, our, um, our NBA channel has been lights out, um, but we don't take on clients with bankrolls less than 
15, 20, 30,000. Because to handle all the volume on the NBA channel that is unitized, which means that every game has a value of one to five, you have to be able to handle the volume. Where in a single night, you might have 30% of your bankroll tied into it. And you have to have a big enough bankroll to handle the volume. And most people don't want to treat this like a business as much as they say. And more times than not, they just blow themselves up, man. And it's unfortunate. I mean, I know, I mean, literally, I'll talk to a client for 40 minutes and get off that call with, I'm going to do it right. And then the next day, it's like, we never had that conversation. And, you know, that's so, unfortunately the nature of the business. It happened twice last week where some clients blew themselves up. And basically, my... What I said is in the financial services industry, you have mutual funds and you have hedge funds where you deposit money into these funds, whether it's a mutual fund or a hedge fund, and then the traders and, and you know the quants, they do the work, and then you get a quarterly statement or a monthly statement. The problem in this business is that the client has the free will to do whatever they want. We're not taking their money. We're not placing bets for them. They open up their FanDuel account, the DraftKings account. They walk into a casino in Vegas or any other state. They have the ability to basically go off the reservation. They tried, uh, we're doing this show live in Las Vegas, Nevada. There were um, sports betting uh, management companies prior to the legalization outside of the state where basically you had like uh, investment firms that you could send money into Las Vegas and it was all with Cantor Gaming and you could wager with these uh, investment firms and they meaning you could place your money with the investment firms and if you were outside the state where it was legal, and then what happened was that basically that industry died because once you had the legalization across the country, there was just no reason to send your money to a sports investment management firm in Las Vegas. But when that did occur, you know, it's the same thing. The client couldn't blow himself up. The client doesn't have enough discipline. And again, you know, I know we have a lot of guys that listen. I've been excoriated or, uh, told by certain high roller clients, you know, it's not right that you talk down. Um, about your clientele. You know what? It is right because the truth hurts. The truth hurts that I am, I find myself being a babysitter as opposed to an advisor dealing with grown babies that literally lose their minds. They could be successful in every other walk of life, running their business, being CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. And then when it comes to this, this, this concept of trading sports instead of gambling on sports, they want to gamble. I'm not going to name certain people. You know that you know we have a good amount of clients that live in the tri-state area we're at. Met a lot of them this in the last couple of weeks, going back and forth to the casinos, whining and dying clients. You know, literally having these conversations with clients face to face in front of each other, and then they go and they blow themselves up. It is mind numbing. So you know, I was a little harsh on my video today at PickDogs.com, but you know what? Those that can't hang and handle the the, uh, the the harshness, they don't need to do business with me. It's that simple. Like, I'm not, I'm almost 51. I'll be 51 next month. I just can't do it. I can't deal with the crybaby the, the cry nonsense. When I say I have, this is the thing, Costi, when I say I have zero empathy for clients that get upset when they lose, it's not even an accurate statement. I have less than zero empathy 
No one is asking you to be in this environment of gambling slash risk-taking and trading. No one is telling you that you should do anything over and above your means. Nobody is giving you delusions of grandeur that this is easy. This is a grind. If you're Dave Miller, it's a grind. If you're Billy Walters, it's a grind. If you're Kenny White, it's a grind. If you're Dominic Larigio, it's a grind. If you're Micah Smith, it's a grind. It's a grind. No matter who you are, Troy and Summerlin, it's a grind. The unnamed people that I won't even mention on the air, grind, 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 grind. You got to be willing to grind and understand if you want to play a lottery ticket, go buy a lottery ticket. Now, with that being said, I'm done venting for the day because we had a great week last week. I'm just, mm-hmm. I, I just see how the insanity of the clients are. They just can't stick nor follow to the program. Um, so that's all. Don't expect to get empathy from Eric. You're not getting it. Sorry. Sorry, just not can't happen. Yeah, you got to look in the mirror, empathy, man. Have some empathy. zero. You want empathy? Look in the mirror. Ask yourself why you <laughs> feel the need to wager on games with an absence of a system, with being totally in the emotional level, and why you can't detach like you would in the financial markets. That's 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 my story, and I'm sticking to it. So now, anyway, let's talk about that game on Monday. Uh, Cleveland Jackson, but before we move on to this week's games, what did you think of that entertaining matchup? So I, I didn't have uh, any skin in the game, actually. Uh, myself, um, we were heavy in the NBA. I mean, we have one of our bigger games of the year, rated-wise, on the Pacers. And we were too scared to take them on the money line, actually, because we didn't know if Halliburton was going to play or not. He had an illness, knowing it's an in-season tournament game. Um, obviously, we, we believed he was going to play, but we didn't, we didn't get greedy and take the money line, which we really liked early in the day. Right. So we, just, we had a very high-level play. for, And this is for the all-access for my, the NBA groups, um, obviously. And um, the football game was very entertaining. I mean, it was back and forth um, the entire game. I, I didn't like Jacksonville at all laying the points. I, I saw the last, you know, Browning is a better version than what we saw against the uh, Ravens Thursday night and the following week. So getting double digit points in the NFL is, is usually is an auto bet from the sharp side. They actually didn't have the Bengals in the game, but if I had to bet the game, I definitely would have rode the Bengals and maybe at the worst case expected a backdoor cover Instead, they got the job done. They won. As a Ravens fan, I loved it because you had Jacksonville, who uh, would have had the same amount of wins as the Ravens, in which we play Jacksonville, the Ravens do, um, in two weeks on Sunday Night Football, again at Jacksonville. Um, and Lawrence went out. Uh, probably if Lawrence doesn't get hurt, I could see Jacksonville pulling out the win, not getting the cover, but pulling out the win. Um you know, he was scoring at will all, all game as well. But, you know, uh, C.J. Berthard came in. Obviously, he's a backup for a reason. Couldn't do much. Couldn't move the ball enough to get into field goal range in overtime. And and it was the, the backup versus backup, man. We've said that a lot of times this year where there's backups are playing against backups. 
it's the brutal game, man. So, yeah, the uh, the Bengals got the very job in- done, got the win. What's that? They got the job done. And I was going to say, very interesting year where usually the dogs have a little bit of an edge so far. This year, the favorites against the spread in the NFL are 98 and 85. Very rare favorite year. I mean, again, you still have a good amount of the season left. I mean, it's, it's all, it sounds like, you know, a lot, but it's 53.6%. But usually, it's usually about 52% on the dog side. So all the value betters and all the wise guys, i.e. why we had a losing day on Sunday, you know, they're hunting for dogs and the dogs aren't covering. I mean, the dog covered on Monday, but again, I'm not talking about money. On Sunday, just so understand that when you're looking at the NFL, it should be about 50-50 at the end of the season, like right on the dot. You've just been a little bit of an edge to the favorite so far. You're up, uh, you know, 13 games for the season, which isn't a lot with the juice. You're actually down if you bet all the favorites. The unders in the NFL, wow, 59%, 107 to 75. Uh, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, 107 to 75 in non-overtime games, which is basically the real stat. Obviously, it's a little higher when you go into the overtime. But can you imagine that non-overtime games? You're 107 and 75 on the under. It's uh, you know, NFL. Yeah, it overall seasonally we're we're not doing bad, and I could see the end of the year we'll finish just fine. NFL week to week is at times difficult because you have games that are, you know, they come down to it. And I'd rather, and I say this every time, I'd rather be on the dog side every time and lose than constantly take the favorites and get backdoored. So, you know, games on Sunday. I mean, Denver had a very, very... Would you lose three games in the last minute? Well, they were already, they weren't, I didn't lose them. They were never up, but they were... Within striking range, they had first and goal, and they had four downs to to get in there, and could have easily been the other way around. Again, getting four, losing by three. Um, Tennessee game, unprecedented, two block punts in the same game, which just doesn't happen at all in the NFL. One of which the block punt resulted in the punter being blasted, um, legal play, but he got hurt, which in turn made um, Tennessee have to use a backup um, placeholder for the field goal kicker, which is the backup quarterback now, Ryan Tannehill. He didn't have laces out. The guy missed an extra point. You know, they would have been, instead of being tied, which went to overtime, they would have been up by one, which means if, if, um, if they came back and actually, if the Colts came back and just kicked the field goal, it would have been a push because the Tennessee was getting two points who we had. So all those little things are, you know, not constants. They're anomalies. And long-term, again, I'd rather be on the dog side constantly and lose than constantly being on the favorites and getting backdoored. Um, we've just been doing this way too long to know the, the sample size long-term. We're always efficient. But unfortunately, like we started the show and you discussed about the blow-ups, on Sundays, look, we have a blow up and on the entire week with sharp trading uh, in the NFL, we lost two units the entire week. So 
the guys that don't have the, the discipline and money management blew themselves up on Sunday and probably lost 20% of their bankroll because they're chasing into the night game. So you can't do that. You can't do that. And unfortunately, it's no matter what I say or how I say it, it's people still rise to their own level of incompetence. So, you know, we've been saying that our, our partner told us that many, many years ago, and it's still relevant in all facets of life. Now, you can't control people. You could just control um, the process, which is for us very, very disciplined. Well, let's talk about the process of these NFL games and break some of them down. I'm not going to do them in the order of the rotation. I'll do them in the order of what I find interesting. Let's jump to the 425 game. The Bills against Kansas City. Kansas City just coming off that loss on Sunday night. A lot of people will be, I noticed the line opened to two and a half. It's now down to two. Um, you know, you got a crazy matchup, two and 48 and a half. Line opened up at two and a half and 47. Which one is this? Sorry. Buffalo, Kansas City. Buffalo, hold on, let me just get it up here. Multitasking while on the show, just because we I do radio. You're, not, you're really yeah. not a good multitasker, but I hear you. I, I, I am, I am, I am. You have, so you have the Thursday night game, or which one did you do? We're going to Sunday at 425. Buffalo oh, Bills around. at okay. Kansas okay. I said I'm bouncing around. You weren't even listening to Okay. Me. I love it. Okay. I love it. Okay. Tell the clients they can chill and wait a minute. All texting you. Look, I get it. Buffalo, this is, I mean, I don't like this game. I don't think I'm going to be betting this game. Um, But I can't fade Kansas City. I mean, they they went on the road. They now are in a must-win. can't fade Kansas City. Did you not watch that game? I did. That was, again, on the road, bad spot, Green Bay. Could be a a look-ahead spot. Um. You know, it's, I just, I don't see them losing two in a row. We, we talked about this earlier in the year when they came off a loss and they haven't lost two in a row yet. And every you know time we little that was easy they, buttons, you know, that those little, that was easy. Yeah, buttons. I mean, I'm just saying from, no, 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 no I'm going to, I'm going to make when it says that square button, go ahead. I'm listening. <laughs> I mean, if you're not laying a big number, you're getting them at home. Um, you know, they lost to Detroit opening week. They came back blast to the Jaguars. They lost at the Jets. They came back and um, blasted. Let me see here. They yeah, they came back. I remember we had them. They came back and they beat Minnesota. Then they lost at Denver division game. They come back and they beat Miami in a neutral field in, in Germany. Then they lose at they lose Philly against Philly. They come back and beat the Raiders. They lose at Green Bay. Typical spot. It's good coaching gets them ready for the following game. I know, I get it. Buffalo is in a spot where um, they have played better of late, and the game that they lost was a shootout against Philly. But these teams are playing hard matchups, man. It's there's no easy games in the NFL. Um, it seems like for these good teams, it's good schedules late. Nobody, none of these good teams have easy schedules late. And uh, I don't know. I like coming back home. They're very tough at home. Um, 
just I again I don't love the matchup, but if I had to take a team, um, they're three and two at home, but the Bills are one and four on the road, and they also don't cover on the road. I, I feel like the line should be two and a half, three. The fact that I can get it discounted to one and a half, I'd, I'd take Kansas City on the money line. There you go. Kansas City on the money line. Just so you guys know, home favorites straight up on the money line this season in the NFL, ridiculous. 70%, meaning you're 80 and 35 on the money line. Doesn't mean you're up a lot of money because of the VIG. You're 80 and 35 on home favorites straight up. Home dogs are absolutely useless. Zero edge of the season straight up. 26 and 52, 33.3%. Can you imagine that? Literally zero edge, like no value whatsoever on the home dogs. What's interesting this week is we're going to go to, there is one, two, there are only two home dogs this week. So we're going to flip, flop, and roll over to the other home dog, which is a small home dog. Cincinnati coming off the win on Monday is a home dog of plus one against the Colts. There's only two home dogs this week, Raiders and uh, the Bengals. I like, uh, let me give you my top pick so far this week. I like Cleveland at home. Um, uh, Lawrence isn't going to play this weekend. And with Berthard, there's a completely different team. Getting him with a field goal, a team, you know, the, the the Browns are in the hunt right now, man. If they could just win a couple games late, they could sneak into the playoffs. That's a huge game. Um, give me the Saints at home. They're really good at home, and, and Carolina is hard on the road. They still only won one game. They haven't. Uh, they've only covered one game. We were actually on them. So don't like them in this spot. I think they're going to blow out uh, Carolina. Give me New Orleans. And then the other game that I like is give me Pittsburgh at home versus the Patriots. They're both really, really bad, but the Patriots are much worse. They might not. I mean, they don't even score a touchdown a game. This is going to be a low-scoring game, and, you know, Trubitsky, because I know that Pickett's hurt, Trubitsky is not a downgrade by any means. Um, then Kenny Pickett, they're about the same. So it's a big number because Pittsburgh's really not that good, but Pittsburgh has a lot more to play for, and, and the Patriots are tanking, and they can't even put points on the board. So give me uh, Pittsburgh under a touchdown. All right. Well, let's move to your to, to the uh, to your game. You couldn't wear purple last week, but you could wear purple this week. Line opened at five, and it's now seven and a half, seven in some spots. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it. Um, as a fan, obviously, I want the Ravens to win. It's a bad didn't spot because the Rams just go there. Aren't... Didn't we just go there? What's that? Where, didn't we just go to L.A.? Who did we play in L.A.? 
Chargers. Oh, Chargers, right. Got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. so we played the Chargers, same stadium, but different teams. Um, this is a home game, obviously. it's. I just hope it's not a look-ahead spot for the Jags, then San Fran, then Miami. I mean, the three games in a row. I mean, yeah, Jacksonville game looks a little bit easier right now because the quarterback's out, but um, we usually get up for good games. And I wouldn't say that the Rams are a bad team because they've been playing well of late. Um, they just got the job done against Cleveland at home. Um, you know, average on the road, they're three and three on the road and they have covered. It's a big number, man. I could see the Ravens winning by seven and not getting the cover. I'm not going to touch this game. This is just a fan game for me. I'm going to root my team in. Um, but I don't, it's a, the number seems dead on. I mean, that's if I, didn't look at a spread and made the number on this game, I would make it seven and a half because six and a half is something I would bet seven and a half. I wouldn't over that key number, that hook. It's just, it's, it's a square bet if I take them um, on the point. So tough game. I mean, the Ravens have been good at home. They have been good at home against the spread as well. I mean, they've been good all around if you're making a lot of money on them this year, but I'm not. I'm not touching this game. This is more of just a, a wait and see approach. All right. Well, let's talk about before we get into breakdowns of other games. The Super Bowl odds currently, as of right now, on this uh, Wednesday, December sixth, San Francisco is now the favorite. They've moved into the top spot to win the Super Bowl, plus three twenty. Philadelphia Eagles, number two, plus five hundred. Kansas City, still number three, plus five fifty. Baltimore below Kansas City plus 650 rounding it out with the Dolphins plus 750 and the Ravens will be playing the Dolphins on New Year's Eve and then finally America's team those Cowboys plus 900 how accurate do you think that these ratings for the Super Bowl are right now San Fran plus 320 Philly plus 500 Kansas City plus 550 Baltimore plus 650 Miami plus 750 and Dallas plus 900 yeah, that's they're dead on. I mean, there's a reason those numbers are out. You're not going to get – if you believe a team that is banged up right now that is toward the bottom – I mean, not toward the bottom, but more so in the middle that you could get good value on, um, that's a press. You know, that's that's something you could – you feel that it's, they're going to get healthy in time for the playoffs and be able to rise up over the next four weeks, then, then do it. But those those are numbers are right, man. I mean, right now – San Fran is the team to beat. Well, okay. Well, um, so let, let's talk good. about San Fran. Let's talk about San Fran at four o'clock on Sunday. They opened up on the outlaw line twenty at uh, twelve and a half and forty five and a half. Immediately got banged down two points, ten and a half to forty six and a half. A little movement on the over, and then the line dropped two points. Or on early people grabbing the uh, Seattle plus twelve and a half. So, what's your take on this? Uh, this uh, this San Fran powerhouse that went through Philly like a knife through butter. They're the team, man. They're right now they're hitting on all cylinders. Um, that three game losing streak, they had injuries and you could tell, I mean, Trent Williams, who's the best left tackle in the game was hurt. He wasn't in, um, yeah, Debo Samuel hurt early in the year. Um, that's when the losing happened, but when they have the combo of McCaffrey Trent Williams, 
Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle, Purdy is now the the leader to get the MVP. And our good friend Micah has Purdy to win the MVP in a futures. Um, I call him Mr. Crystal Ball now because he always comes up with these crazy futures that have a high probability of hitting. He actually just hit, um, you don't even know about this, I haven't told you yet, he hit SMU. He bet him before the season to win the conference. And they played Tulane this past weekend. Tulane was ranked and undefeated. And they beat him to win the conference, so he cashed on that futures. He also so are we talking about I'm Brock sorry? Purdy to win the MVP. Micah. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So we cashed on that. You know, we always take a piece of all the action that he puts out. Um, so... He's got Brock Purdy to win the whole to win the MVP before last week. Literally, that game is that quickly changes the odds. The Eagles win that game. Jalen Hurts is the leader in MVP. Lamar second or third. Brock Purdy wins that game. Now Brock Purdy's leading the the odds to win the MVP. So it's it's fascinating how like week to week things change so quick, and it's like that in. And um, in college football as well, uh, Micah had Bo Nix to win the Heisman. If Bo Nix and Oregon beat Washington last week, Bo Nix is leading, probably will win the Heisman with Daniels from LSU as second. Now, because Washington beats Oregon, stay undefeated, they're going to the, to the, the playoff. Now it's Penix is the leading probably vote getter who will probably win the MVP and Daniels a second. So it's just literally one game changes the whole outlook for futures for MVP or Heisman. So, you know, he's not going to hit all of them, but when you're getting these huge payouts, they're, they're lottery tickets that he's just doing it based on odds when he puts them in. It's not based on anything more than that. It's not like he's uh he's watching the games and knows this guy is going to be MVP at the end of the year. He's just, He's getting good, positive, expected value, so he's betting them. And, you know, with, with a large sample size, he's hit on a bunch of them. You know, obviously we haven't hit on a bunch of golf in the last few months because the season's been off. But literally when football ends, golf starts, and then we know what we did last year in golf. Um, so I'm very excited for that um, as well. But, um, yeah, man, it's, there's so many opportunities if you – are dialed in and you're treating this as uh, an investment business where you're constantly finding good opportunities to get your money in good. If you're not doing that and you're just simply a, you know, a fly by night gambler, well, there's a reason why these sports books keep popping up. It's not because they're just paying out millions of dollars to sports bettors for their own entertainment. Um, and everywhere you look, I mean, ESPN now, ESPN bet, ESPN bet, DraftKings, FanDuel, I mean, they're everywhere. I mean, in-game parlays, they want you to have action on every single time you turn on the TV and you're watching a sporting event. So to navigate these things, this is why you have sports advisors like us. We're not handicappers. We have guys with, I mean, I personally think I have a decent opinion to talk to to talk about it, 
but I let sharps do the the talking for me in terms of the games that we give out to our clients to bet and coach them. And you're the complete opposite. You couldn't talk about the players. You could care less about the players or know about the reason them why about. there's a reason why I'm asking you and I'm not talking about the games. Go ahead. <laughs> there you go. That's the answer. I could. You couldn't pay me to name a player on. I mean, really, I'm trying to think how many names of players I know. Lamar Jackson, I think I'm good. <laughs> That's it. It's all you need. I have the jersey behind me on the wall. I think I'm good. I don't need it. Signed. Listen, guys are texting me last yeah. night. You had high, I had high point from one of my betting groups. The guy goes, where'd you come up with that game? I said, oh, I did the analysis. I had the guy believe. And I said, come on, bro. You think I know? I don't even know where the school is. Come on, man. I said, I just get the plays and I just flip them. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a game dealer. That's all I am. I'm a game dealer, game broker. You're like, I could care less. I'm looking at these games right now, like these added and extra games while I'm talking to you that my guys are moving on right now. I couldn't tell you where any of these games are located unless the state was in the name of the school. You know what I mean? I could text you, I could tell you that I think Texas A&M Corpus Christi is in Texas. You think that's a fair assumption? Oh, good job. Good job. <laughs> good job. Exactly. But don't ask me, like, where Valparaiso is. Don't ask me where Canisius is. Don't ask me where Iona is. Don't ask me where Abilene Christian. I would. I mean, I can guess Northern Arizona is probably in Northern Arizona. Um, but, like, SI. No, they're actually in Louisiana. There you go. Northern Arizona is actually in Louisiana. Are you serious? No. No, I'm not. I'm not. Oh, okay. You had me totally confused. I was thinking. I was like, man, that's rough. Um yeah, my geography where do you, where is good. What do you think? T, here, I'll give you one. What does TCU <laughs> stand for? That I can give you. Texas Christian University. Come on, man. Oh, I'm shocked. Uh, I, you know what? Uh, I'm shocked. But a, but ask me what state Gardner-Webb is in. Can't help you. <laughs> like, ask me where Wagner is. Can't help you. Ask me where Lipscomb is. Can't help you. Like, those, like so, like, people don't realize, like, I, I, I don't care. Like, when truthfully... I don't care. My success for 35 years is that I simply don't care. My 18-year-old is obsessed with the fantasy football. He cares. I get it. You care. I get it. It's okay to care if you're listening. It's okay to be a fan. It's okay to collect sports memorabilia. It's okay. I get it, right? I just don't care. What I do want to talk about, since I don't care, is caring about the Eagles' Dallas game on Sunday night. So what do you think about this? First of all, it has the distinction where it's the highest total on the board. The lowest total on the board for all the listeners is Jacksonville Browns. That is currently 31. The highest total on the board is the Philadelphia Dallas matchup. That is 52. So we're going from 31 in Cleveland to 52 in Dallas. Talk to me about that game as Philadelphia, you know, just got their butt whipped against San Fran. They came out. They were up 6 nothing. I told my son, actually, it was a rare game I was watching with my son. I said, you can't win scoring threes. They should have been up 14 nothing in that position. So talk to me on that. Break the game down. So Dallas, obviously, is one of the hottest teams right now. Defense is playing great. Um, very good against the spread all year. Um, they're 6-0 and at home. I mean, they play amazing football at home. Anytime they play a bad team at home, they're usually blowing them out. 
and it's three and a half spread. So when you're doing the analysis, it's that. Yeah, I mean they had they played Christmas. They won forty-one to thirty-five, and Seattle got the backdoor cover. We were actually on um, the opposite side there. We had the dog, but Washington. Sorry, sorry, I apologize. On Chris, on Thanksgiving, they played Washington Lane thirteen and a half. They won forty-five to ten, blew them out. Um, Giants at home. Lane seventeen and a half. They won forty nine to seventeen. Uh, you had the Rams at home won forty three to twenty. Lane seven, and then they had New England at home laying six early in the year. They won thirty eight to three, and the Jets at home thirty to ten. So all these bad teams they beat up on, and they usually get the job done. I don't, the Eagles are in a very unique spot for the first time in a while. They come off a loss. The only other loss they had was at the jets. Um, they got tranched by San Francisco at home. They're going to be pissed. And this is a big time game. Um, back to back games for them where they're, they're playing top caliber teams. I mean, you got, if I were to bet this game, which I don't see myself on it, at the moment, unless my sharps come in later and give me from an opinion standpoint, I'll take the points here. I think it's going to be a field goal game. I wouldn't be surprised if Philly beat them because they, they've beaten them um, in many occasions. So let me um, ask you, let's, talk about, the the, let's I mean, talk about the Philly game. What was your, I mean, I, I rarely watch the games and I know as our, our, our host of the show has always said, you know, Brian blessing, uh, this is still his show in memoriam, you know, throw out the last game you saw last week, but man, they look bad. They look bad. They didn't look bad. They just were manhandled. I mean, that's, that's the reality. I mean, they were, it was fairly close the first half and then San Fran just came out firing. I mean, you talk about first half was only 14 to six and, and Philly was dominating um, just getting field goals and mm. moving the ball up and down the field. And then as soon as the second half hit, boom, you know, it was, it was once San Fran put pedal to the metal and they couldn't, the inside run game was just completely, actually they were running on the left side with Kittle and um, Trent Williams blocking and McCaffrey wasn't getting touched for eight yards. So, but good teams um, make adjustments Dallas does not have a um, a type of running game that's going to expose Philly's uh, defensive line like he did last game. And so I think it's a different game. Obviously, when they played earlier in the year, they won 28-23. Um, so they, they covered, but that was a game where Dallas kind of got um, – backdoored and there was a couple officiating calls that were very skeptical that Dallas could have easily won that game. Again, I think Dallas is probably going to win this game. Um, they're the better team right now. And I'm not just saying an overreaction from Philly last game. They've been basically, you know, behind four times before last game at halftime and come back and win. I think Dallas has the pieces right now. They're a healthier team right now. Um, I, like I said, I think this is a field goal game. 
So if that's the case, then you you grab the points. And I think Dallas wins this game by three, but I think Philly gets the cover. Dallas wins by three, but Philly gets – and what about the total, since it's the highest total on the board? I know you don't do totals. Just give me a projected score just for the listeners out there. <clears throat> so many games go under, but it's indoors. I got to take the over. I, I don't like it. I don't like it. It opened at 51, now it's um, at 52, so it already popped the point. Yeah, I just uh, – I don't like it. But I have a lean, lean on the over. Okay, so let's talk about the square, the the public, the the professional betting sides that will automatically get the money for the rest of the season. So it's basically the the the, the last three games ATS. Carolina is going to get the majority of the money for the rest of the season. They're two eight and two ATS. Nolens is going to get all the money against. The, you were talking about like in New Orleans, they stink. They're two and nine and one against the spread. Never covered. They've only covered two games. Um, and again, you're talking about Nolan's land five. But the, here's the irony. Because you said, I know you broke down the game earlier, but let's go back to that. The, of the three worst teams, the two teams are playing each other. Carolina and New, New Orleans. So, Nolan. So, I, in this spot, if I'm playing this game, I know you said New Orleans, I would take Carolina on the money line for them to get their second win. Both teams are just garbage. So what happens if two teams are in garbage, you just automatically take the points. That's like a little, that's like a, a, a auto bet situation. Just take the points. Cause while to the average fan, it doesn't have any um, interest. The pros are always interested in the garbage teams, New England, New Orleans, in Carolina. So what do you think of that? I know you you know you said you like New Orleans but again, you can't I can't I can't get Carolina in my mouth to win a game. What's the difference? They're they both might finish with, I mean it's not Yeah, but uh, New Orleans again, they they haven't covered at home. I like I said I don't like They haven't the game, covered at all. They've covered two games. Who cares? Home away. You're talking about taking Carolina on the money line. I'm not going right. to take Carolina on the money line. I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. All right, I I wouldn't touch this game at all. There's plenty of other good opportunities in the NFL. Not touching that game, but I wouldn't be surprised if New Orleans blow them out or Carolina got a backdoor cover late. They're not going to win the game. They're well, terrible. they're not. Uh, they're a terrible team. Saints. The Saints are five and seven on the year. They're not one and eleven. They're playing at home. Would I be surprised the divisional game? Would, let me rephrase that. Would I be shocked and go, wow, Carolina won the game? No. But do I think they could win this game? No. Because right now, New Orleans lost their starting quarterback, but the backup quarterback is actually the starting quarterback from last year. So he knows the offense. He's got a big playbook. It's not new to him. They could cater an offense to him, and he could be very successful. Carolina is horrible. They're a horrible, horrible team. Not saying that New Orleans is good against the spread at all. They haven't covered at home yet. But there's something to be said where the backup quarterback, who's Jameis Winston, 
has a whole week to game plan and comes in and just blows the doors off New Orleans. Because I don't see New Orleans going 0 for 8. They're going to win one game at home against the spread. I just think it's going to be another week where Carolina loses against the spread. Oh, well, let me ask you, since we got eight minutes left on the show, let's talk about Florida State not getting in with your college and all these fans tripping out and what's your take on this whole I think uh, it's the right play. I mean, look, if you're a Florida State fan, then, of course, you're pissed off because you play 12 games, and all you could do is win all 12 games, regardless of the outcome of if your starting quarterback is out for the year and the team that they have seen for a month without uh, Travis, their starting quarterback, has been a different team. They're winning games, but they're not blowing teams out. But they're winning. That's all you could do. And I know people make analogies. Well, if uh, Patrick Mahomes is is out of it for the year and the, pay, the, the Kansas City Chiefs would still make the playoffs, that's a different formula. They're not picking randomly four teams to get in the playoffs in the NFL. The record speaks for itself. There's no wiggling nothing. It's a different situation. So the analogy doesn't make any sense. What they need, what they try to do is pick the four best teams. It doesn't say anything that if just because you win your conference, you should get in. It doesn't say anything just because you have 12 wins and zero losses, you should get in. The way that they set it up, and I'm not saying that this is the correct way to, to do it. I'm just saying the way that they set it up is they try to put the four best teams that are at their best strength last week to get in. Meaning Georgia beat Alabama. I mean, sorry, Alabama beat Georgia in the SEC championship. Georgia has one loss. Is Georgia a better team than Florida State? Absolutely. With one loss. They're a better team than Florida State. That's why they got bumped, and they're not in the Final Four. You have to give it to Michigan because they team all year. So you can't argue that. You have to give it to Washington because they haven't lost a game all year and they beat a really good opponent that probably if they would have lost to Oregon, Oregon would have gotten in as well. You have to give it to Alabama, who had one loss to Texas, who also won their championship, and that was their bad loss early in the season. It's not like they lost to Texas a month ago or two weeks ago. They lost to Texas in September. They're diff- Alabama's a different team, and they've blown everybody out since then, including Georgia, who was the number one team overall before last week. Then, of course, Texas. A lot of people say Texas shouldn't have got in, um, whereas they should have put Georgia in because Georgia only lost to Alabama and the, whatever. You can make this argument for a couple teams, and no, I don't think anybody is wrong, but there's a reason why there's a committee. I'm sure there's a lot of money involved, and I'm sure that's just the way it works, just like in everything else in life politically. Money always pays for everything, and they get the best viewership. They make the most money because these 
these schools, when they go to the top-tier bowls, make a lot of money for the schools. The players get paid NIL deals, but they don't get rev shares of the TV contracts like the schools do. So there's a reason why they did it this way. I'm not. I think they got it right, personally, and I'm not biased to any of the teams whatsoever. And next year, I think actually 2026, they expanded it to 12 teams. So we're never going to be having this talk anymore about the four best teams. They're going to have 12 teams going to a playoff. So that's starting in 2026. So that should get a lot of this. I don't think we're going to come to a point where we're going to say, well, it should be the top 14. Because at that point, teams have a couple losses. It really should weed it out. And the, the top 12 teams in the nation because it's not college basketball where we need 64 teams um, to, to play a tournament. 12 teams will be a very good tournament where a couple teams will probably get a bye. And let me ask you, let me, let me, let me ask each you other. With, a minute, with two minutes left. Opening number, two and a half and 46. Michigan is a two and a half point favorite against Alabama on January 1st. I know it's early, but what do you think of that? If you like Michigan, you got to grab them under three. No, I I like the I like both the favorite in the Texas game. Give me Texas, give me Alabama. It's going to be a rematch. And what about what about Georgia laying game. fourteen? What do you think about the Georgia laying fourteen against Florida State? Now they're destroy On them. You. Take Georgia all day, all day. And I don't. But that's the thing. You have to, on that game. You have to wait because you have to see which guys. From Georgia might not play because they're mm-hmm. not in the the hunt for the national championship. So some of the really good players sit out because they don't want to get hurt before draft day. So that's a wait and see approach. But the teams in the national uh, semifinal, they're all playing. Nobody's sitting out. So it's uh, you know that's why bowl games are so much fun because you have to really dive in and see the transfer portal, which guys are playing, which guys are sitting for the draft. All of this stuff matters because some of these crappy bowls teams just don't care they don't care about winning that's the, it guys an hour know? of power we'll be back next week sports insider radio.com <laughs> <laughs>